I didn't see you come in. I'm just settling down for the night, but you're free to join me for a spell. Now, if you're so inclined, you can help yourself to a cup of tea. Now, myself, I'm, I'm gonna have me a piece of Mrs. Appleton's minced meat pie before I rest this here noggin for this fine evening. <laughs> oh, I hope you don't mind if I stoke my pipe of mind. You see, this is a, a bad little ritual I started way back before most of you were probably knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> Yes, it's a bad habit, and I do aim to quit one of these days, maybe when uh, I got a few more marbles still floating upstairs, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know if you heard, they're planning on moving the Potter's Canyon Post Office again. I declare, they've moved it so many times, I don't know how Postmaster Fisher gets any mail delivered. Oh, forgive me, I'm such a rude host. Not often you a, a quilt for your laugh. You, you'll pardon my lack of consideration, if you please. My, my beloved Daisy, rest her soul. She, she was the one who'd tell me to turn up the furnace. Since she passed, I guess I, I got plumb used to the temperature just being a my chili in here. Of course, she was the one always remarking to me about such and such, but I'm just a stubborn old coot, and, and I don't listen very well. You know, when it was... It was that constant nagging that caused me to eventually just reach over the fireplace mantle, remove my Swith and Wesson, and shoot right into her twat. <laughs> Empty the entire box of ammunition right into the cooch. Yes, indeed I did. And then the police there come running over with their little song and dance, but I claimed some black fella came in and done it. <laughs> Little bit of a payoff, and I'm a free man. Come think of it, never did find a black man to pin it on, so as I guess her murder goes unsolved. <laughs> well, look at me rambling on about killing my wife and then confessing to it. Not often, you idiots. This Mrs. Appleton's pie. Where was I? Well, that's right. You know, you know enough of the pie. Let's just get this bitch done. Live from the Black Box Theater in the heart of downtown Moline, Illinois, the Ringo of the Quad Cities, it's All You Care to Eat, a comedy thingy podcast with your four thingies, Dave Bondi, Rick Davis, Jeff DeLeon, and Clay Sander with special guest Jessica Nickel-White. And now, here's the host for All You Care to Eat, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Patrick Brennan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom Mackey, and so great to be here. Uh, Mr. Bros, if I could just get a little something in the under, I would so much appreciate it. It's August. Sleeping with the window open is so common in my house, I don't know about yours, but certainly it is the case around these parts in Lake Ojiboji. <laughs> Quite a breakfast I had this morning. Oscar Mayer bacon bits in these scrambled eggs with the Gordon Ramsay method of on the heat and off the heat, three eggs. The protein breaks down if you whisk them in the bowl, so you crack the eggs right into the pan, on the heat, off the heat, and it's, it's a fluffier egg. After breakfast, 
I thought I'd have a shower. So often these times, we take a shower. But is it taking a shower? We're taking something. But just to have that experience, having the experience of a shower, toweling off, I thought about what shoes I'd put on. Wingtips like my father had. Putting my pants on one leg at a time. Bending down, right foot, left foot shoe. As I was tying my shoe, I thought about an episode of Columbo with Robert Conrad. Robert Conrad. Oh, oh, yeah, hey, oh, yeah. hey, uh, of course. Uh, uh, well, uh, excuse me, uh, what can I do for you gentlemen? Uh, hello, hello. Uh, looky here, kids. It's Comedy Thingy's own Jokesmith's Jeffs De Leon and Rhett Davis. I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but um, I, I did want to let you know that uh, tonight's episode actually has a, a very special meaning behind it. Oh. Uh, tonight's program is being dedicated to the memory of all of those uh, who died in the great comedy thingy fire of 1946. As you may not know, comedy thingy went to Germany after World War II, not as Nazi sympathizers, mostly, but as a gesture of goodwill to lift the spirits of the German people. And I'm guessing that didn't work. Oh, no. No, no, no. Um, but for those who gave their lives to gallantly, you know, try to make a German smile, uh, we'd, like, you know, we'd, we'd like to read a list of those that came before us. So if you'll give us just this quick moment, comedy thing you would like to dedicate tonight's podcast performance to the memories of the following people. <clears throat> Ava Schitzendorf. Adolf Krapsen Pants. Heinrich Gatz de Scoots. Fritz Runs. Ludwig von Schmeliasteiria. Kaiser Friedrich Wilhelm Barfenbagen. Gunther Dysenteri. Otto Pasta Bismarck. Reinhardt Montezuma's Revengenhausen. Horst van Bloodfart <laughs> Franzen auf Pissenpanzen. And Barry Poop. Very moving. Thank you. All of these people will be remembered for their sacrifice. And now, let's roll. All right, folks, it's time once again for America's favorite game show, don't tease Don't the tease jackal. jackal. <laughs> Don't tease him. And now, here's your host for Don't Tease Don't the Jackal. Don't tease the jackal. Wink Summerdale. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you all. And welcome to Don't, Don't te Tease the Jackal. Jackal. <laughs> Uh, yes, well, <laughs> the rules are simple for Don't Tease the Jackal. Don't we have a contestant here on the big board where they will have an opportunity at top money. Wait, and uh, in wait, one uh, uh, order to do that, uh, however, we have to... Uh, wait, wait, what, what? You're doing a good job. Give it up. <laughs> thanks. Uh, well, uh, thanks Talk anyway. Uh, okay, let's... Uh, uh, can we have our first contestant, Miss Jenny Bloomer? All right, welcome, Jenny, to Don't Tease the Jackal. Don't ja Tease the Jackal, Jenny. 
Don't let me down. So, so Jenny, <laughs> the rules are simple. We have numbers one through five. You have to try to find the big prize of $10,000 behind one of those numbers. However, every time you don't find the prize, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then our zookeeper, Benny, will take a dust back and rile up the jackal. Yes! Yeah, Benny! And that jackal, right. And that jackal sits in a cage. But if you hear this sound, then you win the ten grand. However, if you pick a number and we hear this awful sound, the game ends. And in order to get the money, you'll need to wrestle it from the caged beast, which will be attached to the animal's testicles by a bailing wire. So the more you miss, the more pissed off that jackal's gonna be. Don't tease the jackal, Wink. Okay. So, uh, are you nervous? A little bit, I guess. Um, I just want to say hello to somebody back Shut home. Up. If I... All right. Um, Jenny, let's uh, pick a number between one and five. Let's do this. Five! Five! Um, five! Uh, you didn't hear me? Five! Uh, five right here! Five! Two! two. Oh, pshaw. It's the dust back, Benny. Yeah, Benny! Come on, Benny! Beat that fucking jackal! Tonight's dust bag brought to you by Sucks It Up Dust Bags of Moline. Got dust? Suck it up with Sucks It Up Dust Bags. Ready to tease Benny? Okay, come on, Jenny. Let's find that winner before that whistle. Okay. Pick another number. Five. Right. Five. Five. God damn it. Five. You asshole. Five. Uh, th three. You fucking bozo. Oh. I told you. Turn up the dust bag. Yeah. getting riled up. So let's find that big prize. Okay. All right. Five. Five. I swear to God, it's sunny Jesus, that if you don't pick five, I'm going to blow my brains all over this audience. Five. 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 I get it. Well, Jenny, you didn't win, so in order to get that money, you'll have to get in the cage with that jackal and rip it out of its maniacal, batshit, rabies-infested hands. No, 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 I am not doing that. You read the contestant agreement, sweetheart. All right, get in there, Jenny. Yeah. Well, that's the time we have tonight, so remember the next time you want some fast catch, you better go to the bank and don't... Don't tease the jackal! Don't Tease the Jackal is brought to you in part by the Establishment Theater of Rock Island and their late shows on Friday nights after Comedy Sparts. That's Comedy Sparts. Comedy Sparts, don't you know? Uh, anyway, come out and get blue. And now, it's time for Just a Thought with Matthew McConaughey. First up, coaching tips. To make a basket, you gotta shoot that ball. Just a thought. <laughs> Cooking tips with Matthew McConaughey. Try not to undercook your pork. Just a thought. Safety tips with Matthew McConaughey. All right, when you're running that chainsaw, try not to ram it up your ass. Just a thought. This has been Just a Thought, sponsored, sponsored by Weber Meats. Weber. Meats. Weber. Meats. Wrap your hands around the biggest meat in Wisconsin. 
We got meat if you've got balls. Weber. Meats. Weber. Meats. Jimmy Kloss was a victim of numerous crimes, all of which were perpetrated by one man, Sebastian Fiasco. Exactly one year later, with Fiasco in prison, Kloss confronts his per persecutor in the office of Dr. Kyle Barrington. He shot me in the arm, kidnapped my wife and children, vandalized my parents, destroyed my yard with landmines, took an axe to my car, and ran over my cat with a moped. Sebastian Fiasco, I want you dead! I still fail to see the relevance of this therapy. All I did was make this man's life a living hell. Should I suffer the consequences for my own actions? Mr. Fiasco, you seem to be on edge. Perhaps we can calmly discuss this. Would you like to say something to your victim? We've been friends for a very long time. No, we have not. But I, I feel as though I've known you. I, I've studied your every move. I read you like a book, Jerry. Jimmy. Jimmy. I know your phone number, your social security number. I know all your siblings. I'm an only child. How about a father? You got one of those? <laughs> well, yes, I have a father. And I bet I can tell you his name. Does the name Uther Pendragon ring a bell? Well, <laughs> yes, it rings a bell. It's your father. That's why it rings a bell. And that makes you Jerry Pendragon. Jimmy. Jimmy Pendragon. Klaus. Klaus. Maybe I should step in here. You're not dealing with reality, Jerry. I'm, I'm not saying that a trip to the hospital will cure you. I'm only saying that... It might not. Doc, can you back me up on this? That is quite a theory. I don't think... Uh, may I suggest the Moon Apple Institute of Psychiatry in Suds? And where is that? On the planet Plenpack in the Utara Nebula. What? Oh, come on, Doc. You were at the conference? And maybe this will refresh your memory. No. Nothing? Well, surely you remember Lonnie Lonigan, the guy with the one eye and the hook for a foot? Old Looney Lonnie? <laughs> you Jimmy, why don't you leave us for a moment? I'd like to speak with Mr. Fiasco. Yes, yes doctor, thank you. Is he gone? Yes. Good. Quite frankly, I'm a little worried about Teresa. Jimmy. Uh, Jerry. She hasn't been himself lately. I say we have her back in and have that nasty boil removed. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sebastian Fiasco would be denied parole ten times. Finding no escape, Fiasco decided to form a prison rock band. He recruited Machine Gun Thompson on keyboards. Murder and Mel Jackson on guitar, and Knifey Malone on drums. None of them played an instrument, sang, or had songwriting ability, making them a hit with teenagers across the nation. The Dr. Fiasco Fantastical Medicine Show is opening for Katy Perry this spring. And now, another word from a couple of fake sponsors. Fisher. Nuts. Fisher. Nuts. Stuff my nuts in your mouth and taste the salt. We've got nuts if you've got balls. Fisher. Nuts. Fisher. Nuts. Here at Dash Mobile, we've asked you, our customers, what you'd like to see changed. And you responded in record numbers. We took all of your emails, letters, tweets, status updates. And yes, even phone calls. And you said, hey Dash, we're sick and tired of all these added fees. Can't you do something about it? Well, we heard you. You spoke. We listened. We heard what you had to say. We took your needs into account. And the answer was clear. No. No. No, we're not able to do that. And here's why. See, the federal government has a set of fees. Or tariffs that are required. 
By law. By law. By law to charge. If we stopped charging that, we could get in trouble. Serious trouble. Then, where would we be? Exactly. Exactly. So, thanks for speaking up. We heard you loud and clear. And we said, nah. So remember, we heard you and we listened. Now that's got to account for something. Dash Mobile, the listen and respond company. Now back to your host, Patrick Brennan. Thank you so much, Captain Continuity, and also special thanks to our man on the keys, Mike Bros. Tonight's episode of All You Care to Eat is sponsored in part by Hooks Pub and Drink Slingers in Clinton, Iowa. With 27 beers on tap and the best live music in the Clinton area. Drink Slingers in, on Main Avenue and Hooks Pub, 4th Street in Clinton. Oh, Christ on the cracker, you're still here? <laughs> My goodness, you gave me quite a fright there. <laughs> Did you ever get around to trying that pie? Well, well, I hope you folks are enjoying this bit of jocularity. And of course, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. Then again, since my second wife, Januquita, passed, God rest her soul, I haven't found much time to get out to take in so much as a baggy farce. No, sir. My wife was diagnosed with a very rare disorder that rendered her knees to puff up like a bloated raccoon carcass you see on a highway. Every time she'd stand up, they'd start bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, I tell you, she was slow as molasses. <laughs> and that is eventually what took her on to a great reward in heaven. She was trying to run away from me. And I got into one of my moods. <laughs> one of my moods that my third wife, Ethel, rest her soul, used to call a shit fit. <laughs> yeah, one thing led to another, and I, I grabbed that pair of scissors off the countertop, and... Those legs burst open and bled, and she fell down. She couldn't go nowhere. Oh, I'm sorry, look at me, just confessing to a second murder up here. <laughs> Y'all probably freezing to guess where the hell are my manners. Let me get you a blanket. And Tommy, you can tell them what little sketch is gonna come up next, all right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, join us, if you will, for Comedy Thingy's premiere episode of Biography Tonight, the story of Gus Frampton. Gus Frampton. Gus Frampton spent much of his youth as a boy, growing up in a Chicago, Illinois neighborhood. It was there that he met his lifelong friend, Ruprecht Balderdash, who died six months after meeting him. Here's Gus describing Ruprecht. Ruprecht was a jovial sort of chap who was always sweating. I asked him, Ruprecht, why do you sweat so much? He replied happily, Gus, it's because I'm fat, it's August, and I'm wearing a parka. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was rather upfront of him. It dawned on Gus that he'd never actually seen Ruprecht wear anything but winter gear. I was thunderstruck. I said, Nya! Which is a sound I make when I'm thunderstruck. Before Ruprecht died, he told Gus that he once met a man of unsurpassed wisdom in a local Mondo Mart. He suggested Gus look him up someday. After Ruprecht croaked, he decided to take him up on it. I went to Mondo Mart and immediately met the man he spoke of. He possessed a silent wisdom. We spoke for 53 minutes. He listened as I told him my life story from three different points of view. 
mine, my mother's, and my Uncle Ruth's. It was difficult for the young Gus Frampton to play football with his uncle, for, you see, Ruth was born without any calf muscles whatsoever, making it difficult for him to punt. Consequently, he always had to go for it on fourth down. <laughs> Finally, Gus was approached by a Mondo Mart manager. I informed Mr. Frampton that the store was about to close. He stared daggers at me without blinking once. Seven minutes by the clock on the wall, it was remarkable. I was busy processing why I had been speaking for 53 minutes to a store mannequin. He told me he thought the mannequin had offered him a goat. It had nothing to do with our conversation, but hey, sure, I could use a nice goat. So dared not question his infinite wisdom. Gus was now determined to find a goat at Mondo Mart. I approached Timmy, the store clerk, and asked him if there were any specials on goats. I reminded him my name was Jane and told him he could ask the pet department. <laughs> I resisted this as it would require me to speak with people, not my scene. So instead I paid full price for a goat. He named him Bill E. Goat, after his favorite guitarist, Dweevil Zappa. I left the store and I realized I had to return to the store as I forgot to buy a leash. I got to my car and had to go back into the store once again as I forgot Bill. I got the goat and proceeded home. When I got home, my wife, through marriage, asked me if I had bought food for the goat. Gus had not. I had not. I then got back into the truck, hauled ass to the store and purchased goat food. Then I got back in the truck and headed home. Once I got home, I had to once again get in the truck go to the store because I'd errantly purchased rabbit food. <laughs> so, back in the truck, head to the store, get some generic goat food, get back in the truck, and get home. I called Ruprecht to tell him the good news. He'd forgotten Ruprecht was dead. It was a short conversation. <laughs> Upon arriving at his domicile, Gus triumphantly placed his goat food in the middle of the living room, dropped his pants, blew a coach's whistle, and shouted, come and get it. <laughs> The goat didn't understand English and was confused by my use of a shrill whistle as a summons for lunch. This caught me off guard as I was certain I'd seen this in a film about enormously fat goat shepherds. Gus was thinking about a film that didn't exist. Also, to my chagrin, my wife hesitantly pointed out to me that I hadn't actually purchased a goat. Gus had, instead, purchased a vacuum cleaner. I named him Hoover. E-goat. The end. And so, remember to join us next time as we delve into more random details on Comedy Thingy's biography. Thank you, Tom. And once again, a thank special thanks to our sponsors, Shared IT of the Quad Cities. Remember to tell them that Comedy Thingy sent you, and you will be ushered out immediately. Also, a big hand for Awesome Town Studios of Fulton and our producer, Charlie Kreider. Thank you for everything, Charlie. Thank you for everything, Charlie. Thank you for pumping us up. And now, Mr. Makey, if you please. Once again, a word from our fake sponsor. Vandicamps. Pork and beans. Vandicamps. Pork and beans. Eat some fucking beans. Vandicamps. Pork and beans. Vandicamps. Pork and fucking beans. <laughs> We once again take you into the comedy thingy vault as we take you inside the film Goodfellows. Tommy DeVito is holding court at a table surrounded by fellow mobsters, including Henry Hill. 
Tommy has just concluded a story that has everyone reeling with laughter. Comedy Thingy will now continue that scene with Henry Hill being played by Christopher Walken and Tommy being portrayed by Harry Carey. <laughs> You're a pistol. You're really funny. You're really funny. What do you mean I'm funny? It's just, you know, you're just funny. It's funny the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? What's so funny about it? Here's a big boy, knows what you said. What'd you say? Funny how? Just, you know, Funny. You mean, let me understand this, because you know, maybe it's me. Maybe I, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. I'm funny how? I mean, I'm funny like a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm, I'm here to fucking amuse you. And I mean, funny. How am I funny? Just, you know, how you tell the story. What? No, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me what they said. Make that up the middle like a bullet. Here comes Sandberg around the score. The Cubs lead it three to three. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. And so concludes another segment where Rick and Clay do imitations of celebrities in mob films. Well, folks, that about wraps her up. We want to thank all of our sponsors, Shared IT, Hooks Pub, The Establishment Theater, Awesome Town Studios, and the fine folks here at the Black Box Theater in Moline. Special thanks to Jessica Nickel-White, Catherine Sander, Mike Rose, and our rhetorical oracle, Tom Makey. Give it up for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. So that's it for me, Patrick Brennan, and to you, the folks listening, thanks again, and see you next time on... Don't tease the Jackal!